When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Tuesday edition of the Donna and Steve Experience and my talk 1071 Everything Entertainment. Holy smokes, it is November 1st. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. I'll accept that. I don't want to hear any music, but I I don't mind seeing decorations. Okay, yeah, well, listen, here's the bottom line. And this is the week. This is the week to hang your outdoor lighting. I'm not trying to force it down your throat. I get it that it's Thanksgiving and then Christmas, although... You know, Thanksgiving is kind of the opening act for Christmas, so let's just bundle it all together. Anyway, it's going to be 77 degrees today. It's oh going to be God, in the 70s tomorrow. Why am I wearing a big, puffy, fluffy sweater? Did because I- you probably just checked your desk calendar, and we're like, it's November 1st, <laughs> right. and that's a reasonable <laughs> assumption. But it's going to be Shoot. like mid-70s today, tomorrow. It is really a great day if you have the nerve to just throw some lights up on the tree, whatever you're planning, because you don't want to do it when it's 30. Yeah, right. For the next three days, it looks like. And uh, until Friday, where it goes down to um, 50 with some scattered showers. So, mm. yeah, wow. it would it would be a good time to do it. And I I, I want this to be the year where we um, do a little more outdoor decor. You know what I'm thinking of doing? Thank you guys for starting the show by asking this. Is I think it would be really fun. It would be a, an extension cord nightmare. And I don't plan these things well. But I'm the idea guy. The idea is... All the trees in the backyard, if I put Christmas lights on all of them, it would be like a little winter wonderland. So when you're in the living room and the fireplace is on and a Christmas movie's on and you look outside, it feels very festive. But it would be a yeah. lot of extension cords and a lot of lights. Donna, you're giving me that look. <laughs> I'm like, okay, is he going to start? Is this just like a little pinhole into tree talk? <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. I- just... No, do it. You do, go for it, Steve. I mean, I do wonder about extension cords out there in like the elements. I think you can get them outdoor rated, so they have extra thick tubing on them, and so they're fine. What I also got was when we had our our home, uh, we had our our home was built. So like we we built our home, not we other people did. Right. They were licensed, but they give you a few options, not a ton, when you're doing a non custom build, which is what we did. One of the things, though, is they said, would you like us to add an extension, an outlet under the soffit of oh, the garage? Sure. And the, So I did that, yes. but I did it, Donna, in 2019, and I haven't hung up any lights yet. 
But if you That's hire one of those lighting companies, oh boy. they're like 600 bucks or more for them to just do like the, the A-frame of your house. It's yeah, a lot. That's a lot of money. Happy Halloween, everyone. Thanks. Yeah, How thanks. was it? Oh, go ahead, Dawn. I think Halloween should go until uh, Thanksgiving Day. <laughs> oh. oh. I'm such this a is... Halloween person. I, I love Halloween so much, and then oh. it's just gone. You buy $20 worth of candy and no trick-or-treaters come. Right. I didn't oh, have no. a lot of kids, actually. <laughs> I, I didn't have as many as I thought, considering the weather. Yeah. Yeah, right. Oh, uh, what a glorious night it was it to was walk. It was beautiful. And trick or treat. We it was a little rough out of the shoot, so I did make it home. If you were listening yesterday, I did the whole you know the show half uh, in New York, doing stuff with Kelly and Ryan in the morning, and then I was in their offices half the show in a Tesla for a couple of segments en route to LaGuardia, being driven. It was felt very fancy. It was going in and out. Then two segments on my phone at the airport. I made it home to trick or treat Woo! with the kids, which was the goal. So that Yay. was great. But I go and I wake Dev up from his nap and he had fallen asleep really late and parents out there know that if your child is used to a particular duration durop of a nap and then it's less than that and you wake them from the nap it can be a real problem where they're just out of sorts when they wake up point is dev was not interested this is at about 520 not interested at all to put his dinosaur costume on and he had worn it around the house this weekend and loved it we were getting excited we were practicing saying trick-or-treat and happy halloween and he just wasn't having it and we were scheduled to start at 5 30. this is 5 20 and he is just up from a nap and not having it and it took a little while finally we somehow convinced him he saw enough kids in costume and we kept bribing him with candy do you want to go get candy there's so much candy out there let's go get candy Finally, um, it was a lot of back and forth, and I was kind of feeling bummed because I was like, man, this is going to be such a fun. Their first time trick-or-treating is so fun, and uh, and Lou gave me a pep talk. She was like, look, maybe he'll go later tonight, but we just got to power through and you know, don't let it me- make the night a bummer, and uh, so I was like, all right, we'll do this. Let's go, and then something Wait, changed. Time out. Go ahead. What were you going to do with him? You and Lou were going to take the kids trick-or-treating and just, okay, see you later, Dev. No, then he would have stayed back with Lou. Oh, He would have stayed back with Lou. And then she would have waited. She was feeling ill. I believe she now might have uh, the flu. I'm pretty sure Grayson does, but not COVID. By the way, there's still a flu. Yes. You can get the non-COVID flu, and I think my son um, has it. Fever, aches, sore throat, the whole thing. So he's on, like, day three of that. It's great. Anyway, so she was like, oh, do I need to lay down on the couch? Great, I'll do that. But then he powered up, and it was. I'm so happy that he did. He got a big picture with all the kids, and then we were able to trick-or-treat, um, and it was just great watching these little guys go up there and you know say trick-or-treat the first time and realize, like, oh, my gosh, I just keep getting more candy was really fun. So Fun. Yeah, it was a good time. He powered up like a transformer. That's exactly right. Yay. It just took one of the parts just was a little, you know, jammed at the yeah. beginning, but then he finally made the whole transformation. Yeah. How about at, at your house? Did you have a lot of friends coming through or did you have a fire going? Anything like that? I'll hang up to? and listen. Just, <laughs> uh, well, yeah. you, Donna. I, I well, I thought you were talking to Dawn. Um, no. I mean, I didn't have a lot of kids. I thought I was going to have a lot more because it was so beautiful out, but 
you know, all the neighborhood kids came by. It was so much fun. I love seeing them. It was just great. Um, I did still have some extra candy, so of course I threw it in the candy drawer. But um, yeah, that was it for me. It was a pretty quiet night. By 8 o'clock, the lights were out. Well, Don, you said that you got 20 bucks worth of candy, and what's the deal? They just stopped coming around in Woodbury or what? No, but yeah, nobody came to our house. What? Um, not one kid. I mean, no we live in an. There oh. aren't a lot of kids in our neighborhood. Okay. It's a neighborhood with mature trees. Got okay. it. Understood. Understood. <laughs> Message there are received. mature people there as yes. well. So not a lot, like maybe a handful, but. We have this guy who goes all out in a couple neighborhoods down where his front yard is so amazing. Every year, his backyard, it is like, I mean, he even puts up a little like under construction thing before Halloween. Oh, my god! In September, where it's two skeletons like with construction uniforms on, like digging something in the yard. Like they are putting up the, like that's how extravagant. That's fun. And then the other neighbors feel like they have to like so it's a whole thing keeping up with the joneses yeah apparently mc when he was going to get candy at the last minute drove by and it like the street was blocked off like every kid it was like a movie he said a halloween movie where people are trick-or-treating so it's almost like everybody went to that neighborhood we think i bet that was the spot to go and i thought god i just want to walk around there's no kids to take his kids are too old now. Oh, that's a bummer. That's okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can I borrow someone's kid? Don, why does... don't you just dress up as a little girl like I kind of um... did in my movie? Oh, <laughs> you know, and just be <laughs> yes. like, Jigger Dream. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm not opposed to that. If you have a good costume, hey, go trick or treating as an adult. You there know? you go. All right, we got to go. All right. Hope fine. everybody had a great night. Uh, by the way, no winner for the Powerball. Uh oh! But apparently there were ten one million dollar winners. So if you haven't checked your ticket yet, oh my, go God. ahead and do it. But this means then the the, the the it's going to go up to like one point five mil, billion dollars. Yep, it's yep. going to go crazy. Oh my gosh! Yep, get ready All for right. it. All right, when we come back, we've got some things that make us go, huh? Can you figure this out? The rules of Al and Peg Bundy from Married with Children were originally based on these two comedians. Think the eighties. They were both offered the rules, but turned them down. We'll tell you about that and other things you don't know when we come back. Donna and Steve on my talk. Welcome back, you guys. It's Donna and Steve on my talk 1071. Everything entertainment. It's November. Yeah, this is hitting you pretty hard. I just feel like we just got done with the state fair. Can I tell you this, Donna? What? You usually don't get enamored by space and time as I do. You know, again, I'm a simple man. And (laughs) I can, I always do this, but it was too crazy to not say it. Do you know, the 4th of July, I was shopping in a tent in Chaska for fireworks Yes, four months ago. Right. It's crazy. What the heck? Four months before that, Donna. Yes. Was February 4th. I know. I don't know. It's just going by. It's just, what do do I say? What do I say? And you're gauging... You're you're gauging time by how your children are growing. Yes, they are. They are. I have a lot of mile markers on the highway right now. Right, and I'm gauging time by the mirror. And every day I'm like, what's happening? Like I'm watching my face fall apart in real time. And on, like the sciency part of me is like, this is cool, but you know, the ego in me is like, this is awful. 
that's all. No one else is seeing you like that. Oh, no, my face is falling. It's like watching a mudslide. Yeah. (laughs) Mine are these gels I got going on here. Gosh. And then you look at your aunts, your old aunts. And and, you go, uh, and you go, yeah, that's where I'm headed. And yeah, beautiful woman. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's a trend. No neck anymore. Right? (laughs) Um, Carpe diem, everyone. That's unbelievable. Think about how long it's been since the last time we said carpe diem on this show. Maybe never. I don't know. I don't think we ever have. The dumb moment I had yesterday was I was driving and I was like, whoa, that was four months ago. Crazy. And then I was like, wow, four months before that was what? February? Crazy. Mm. And then like an idiot, I was like, what was four months before that? And I was like, (laughs) that was Halloween. That was a year ago. Look at this. What a dumb person I have become. (laughs) Basically every four months you evaluate. Yeah. And then and like, it oh, turns out a year. if you go back three, four yeah, months, three, it is in fact a year. Four times three is 12. <laughs> That's right. Learn your times tables, everyone. As Donna <laughs> said, carpe diem. <laughs> oh, uh, the roles of Al and Peg Bundy on Married with Children were based on two comedians okay. who had quite a bit of fame in the 80s. Okay. Both of them were originally offered the parts. They both turned them down. Although... You could argue that I, I'm a little unfamiliar with the first one, but that the female would have been much more rough and tumble than Peg Bundy ended up being. It almost would have been like a battle of the the bros. Any guesses oh. on who these 80s comedians were that were originally offered the parts of Alan Peg Bundy on Married with Children? Oh, man. Um, hmm. I'm going to say... I wanted to say Roseanne, but I'm not going to say that because she she would not she she wouldn't fit the role if the role was supposed to be played the way it was played. Oh man, Steve, give us a hint. Eighties, <sighs> eighties comedians. One of them went on to a successful sitcom career. Okay, okay. Again, if you're just Tim Allen. In, the roles of Alan Peg Bunny on Married with Children were based on two 80s comedians. Uh, both were originally offered the parts. They both turned them down. But as I, I've said two hints so far, one went on to a future sitcom success. Um, and the uh, the role of Peg Bundy, this person would have been much more rough and tumble than Peg Bundy ended up being. So somebody who's a little rough around the edges. Much, Yeah, would have been more like two bros. Really? Oh. Yeah. All right, we have Tim Allen as a guess. <laughs> Um, so really bad. Donna, right, you put um, your guess uh, in for Jim a woman. Jim Carrey, there you go. Oh, mm-hmm. oh, oh, I have to do a woman. Um, I'm going to say, oh, geez. Uh, Helen Rosie Hunt. Rosie O'Donnell. That's who I initially, oh, Helen I said Hunt. Roseanne. Oh, Rosie O'Donnell. It was Roseanne, Don, Donna. Why, I don't oh, know why Roseanne. you went against yourself. Oh. It was Roseanne. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Roseanne was one of them. I just in high heels doing that whole but, ditzy thing. But that's why I was telling you she would have played it much more rough and tumble than I Peg see. ended up being. She would have been paired opposite Sam Kinison. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wouldn't they oh both have been, gosh. if I'm thinking of the right person, wouldn't they both have been sort of like bumping chess there of like brash <laughs> versus brash? Yes, literally. Yes. About okay. the same height. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway. Oh, that's fascinating. That's why I said it. Thank you. The Bye. name? Donna. Bye. We've gotten tons of letters, people saying that we never talk about Pepsi. <laughs> The name Pepsi comes from the word dyspepsia, which means indigestion. Why? Because Pepsi's original purpose was to help people with digestion issues. I will say something now. Okay. Sometimes when Pat Pat feels a little burpy or a little uneasy in my stomach, sure, I've done the ginger ale thing, but in a pinch, I'll just grab a Coke and drink it because I know it's going to help to bubble up and release some i'll spell it backwards sag oh that's way worse you're right i should have said gas anyway pepsi does the <laughs> same thing sag. Oh, speaking of sag your heaviest organ is your skin we were just talking about our skin it weighs about 20 pounds it's also our largest organ so that would make sense your intestines are your second heaviest at about seven and a half pounds. Really? You're telling me my small intestine wants that thing hollow? I guess it is probably. Yeah. But it feels like it would be, because doesn't it stretch? Can't you like wrap it around the, the earth world? or something? <laughs> yeah. Earth. What is that dumb? Like, the, yeah. Something. It's like that. a sausage link situation. It's like a magic handkerchief, your small intestine. And I think your small intestine is longer than your large intestine. Mm-hmm. I think you're and right. And Greenland is colder than Iceland. Everybody can suck it. <laughs> and finally, the Rubik's Cube. The Rubik's Cube was originally called the Magic Cube when it came out in 1975, but it was renamed five years later in 1980 because they realized a more unique name would make it easier to patent around the world, so it was named after its inventor, Erno Rubik. Bam. All right. Thank Thanks, you. Steve. Those were soups fun. Thanks, bro. Are the kids still saying that? Ew. <laughs> oh, sorry, Don. Soup. <laughs> I love soup. Uh, soup. Uh, guys, James Corden reband from what? that restaurant. Reband. What? After it was lifted, now he's banned again. Oh boy. I'll explain when we come right back. Oh, hey guys, we're back. Donna and Steve on My Talk 1071, everything entertainment. Donna Valentine and Steve Patterson. We got Dawn McLean in the house. Oh, boy. Uh, I just, uh, just <laughs> workshopping some stuff on the air. Thanks. You did soups earlier. We were all opposed to that. Carpe diem. Carpe That's diem, fine. I kind of like because it's strangely optimistic. And, but it's rooted in pessimism, is it not? <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> it sounds like a real go out there and experience today because you might die. Yeah, right. And that is the perfect 
That's great for Donna. Uh, but whatever you just said, I don't. Would you say how's that uh, hanging or? <laughs> I don't even remember. It wow. was so long ago. <laughs> time is so weird. <laughs> mm. Four months ago is the Fourth of yeah, July. Four seconds man. ago, I don't remember. <laughs> Bro, is this what you guys do on the morning show? Do you guys just talk about time elapsing? Uh, yeah, it's just kind of a free for all. Whatever happens, <laughs> that's you right. know? sweet. Yeah, hey, carpe diem. Some entertainment stories in there. Anybody go, can do this, right? Go with the flow. <laughs> wait, wait. Oh my gosh, flow backwards is wolf. <gasps> oh. <laughs> oh. Okay, all right. Happy all right. Halloween! Oh my god, <laughs> this could go on for hours. <sighs> all right, no, listen, I have a story. Uh, okay, so James Gordon, he's really not doing himself any favors. <laughs> he is being so annoying. Okay, let's go back to uh, James Corden. There was an Instagram post or some kind of social media post where uh, a guy who is a chef owns some New York City restaurants. His name's uh, Keith McNally. Mm-hmm. Banned him from his restaurants because of his nasty behavior. Okay. Yeah. So then, yada, yada, James Corden said he apologized. Then he went on the air on his show and kind of explained what had happened. And I guess now James Corden was doing an interview overseas and he basically started doubling down on I didn't do anything wrong. Oh, no. So now McNally has banned him again from mm. the restaurants called him a phony well you know i mm. let me say this first of all i when the guy said the restaurant owner when he first put out his post i don't like it when and i'm not defending james corden's behavior alleged behavior right I don't like it when you start it by so-and-so is a cretin of a man. You know when people hear about bullies? Yes. And um, you can either, as Michelle Obama once said, when they go low, we go high. The very easy and more in-the-moment satisfying thing to do is to play their game. And so your how you attempt to stand up for, in this case, his employees. Right is to, you know, sort of spew out all the negativity back at the person. So I didn't love the approach of that just as a business owner, mm-hmm. public message, all that kind of stuff. Then again, I also um, didn't like what I heard James Corden, how James Corden treated people there at all. I always think I always think of if my wife was in that position, how would I feel about that? Because it's easy to feel like disconnected. So think of the person you care the most about. If they were getting treated that way, how, what would your response be? And then it seemed like James Corden apologized, right? He went on the he apologized on the show, right? Okay, and then so you're thinking that's all up and up. But now I could understand how the restaurant owner is like, "Hey, wait a minute, you apologize. We lifted the ban. All was well, but now you're basically saying, yeah, I just basically, you know, did that to for the press to move on and to get a seat at the restaurant again.' Blah blah blah. I don't really feel that way. I could understand why the restaurant owner would be like, dude. That doesn't feel consistent. Right, but right. It's just a weird can, story. Can I read uh, Keith McAnally's Instagram post? Please do. He wrote, I don't want to over-egg the pudding. 
But in Friday's London Times, Corden flip-flopped and told a massive lie again. Do you like the way I said British, that? Yeah, yeah, British talk. I never, and then he quoted him. I never screamed at anyone. I didn't shout, didn't call anyone a name or swear or use derogatory language. How is it remotely a thing when that person who posted the story wasn't even there? That's a quote that he quoted of James Corden. Hmm. Guy comes back, McNally. On second viewing, I found his TV confessional, contrived and phony. The actor will say anything to save his bacon. In the mm. scheme of things, my opinion. Uh, in in the scheme of things, my opinion means nothing. But after Friday's interview and a second look at his fraudulent confessional, I've given up on James Corden for oh. good. End of story. Wow. They're gonna they're gonna open often, a restaurant together. That's what's gonna happen. Totally right. You don't often see two men doing this on social. Yeah, it was illegal for a while. <laughs> what? I'm joking. You're silly. I think that there's a whole thing that he was, you know, James Corden for a minute of it was trying to say, this doesn't happen in England. There's this thought English people think that Americans get offended too easily. Mm. And I think he was trying to make the point like, okay, British people like, yeah, we yell at each other and then we let it go. What's the big deal? Everyone's being too sensitive. So I think maybe he was when Mm. he's speaking to the London Times, he's like, okay, you guys are going to get this right. Sure. They yelled once. Yeah, you get it. But like, yeah, so I think that that's where there's the disconnect. He feels like he has to apologize to American audiences because we we don't find any of that behavior acceptable. Mm. But then it's interesting to read some of the comments that people are writing. Like most of the people are calling like James Corden narcissistic and he's not being held accountable. But then other people are saying, hey, your staff brought out an order wrong three different times. And she had a food allergy. Right. To the egg white. And they're saying not very good publicity for your restaurant, um, especially at those price points. So you got to make sure the kitchen matches the order. Is this in New York or L.A.? New York. Okay, you need to go to Balthazar or Balthazar. Oh, yeah. You need to go there there. and you need to give us a report next time. Yes. Okay. I should order whatever Corden tried to order. Oh, my God. What if I just go in and say, I'll take the Corden. Yeah, just go to the Corden. That's funny. Oh, gosh, you guys. Anyway, just a funny story. Speaking of New York and uh, Kelly Ripa, another thing, and, and how you're like trying to make sense of two stories. She was talking in her uh, chapter where she was talking about Regis that I was reading. She said that, um, as I recall, that he had been asked to return to the show, invited back to the show several times since he left the show. Mm. But in a couple of interviews, notably on Larry King, right? He was like, "Have they ever, you know, have they ever asked you back? Never." He said, "Never," and he said, "You know, I think, you know." Kelly was upset that I left and thought that I left because of her or whatever. And now, you know, like a we don't talk kind of thing. That was a common storyline. And she did this whole chapter of as a celebrity, as a person of note, you have to decide which stories am I going to publicly defend? Because sometimes, as she said, you know, she didn't want to like sell the tabloids for them. Right. Mm-hmm. And so when you offer an opinion, very often it can almost legitimize just oh. by you recognizing it. Yeah. So she stayed back, stayed back. And then she was like, I'm, but I'm watching this 
And I hear Regis say, like, they've never invited me back. And I'm thinking, we've invited him back several different times. It's just not true. This oh, is, yeah. this is, you know, sort of weird in that way that this is being said. So Annie had returned to the show uh, once on a Halloween show, incidentally, um, to reprise himself. I believe Kathy Lee was back in that same show. So, yeah, it's always weird when you're... Um, when you're making sense of stories like that. Right. So it was very it was very interesting to hear her perspective, especially when you had video of him being on the right. show after he retired and then him telling Larry King, I've never been asked to be back on the show. Huh. It's it misremembering, re- maybe? Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Perception, like the word invite, maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Well, speaking of perception, I want to confess, I think I had the wrong perception of Matthew Perry when I watched the Friends reunion last year. Um, Everybody watched, we watched Matthew Perry slur his speech, have difficulty talking, seem to be sort of slouched over and all that. Mm -hmm. And I just assumed the worst. They mentioned something about some dental stuff and it just Mm -hmm. felt like that's a reach. We've all had root canals and stuff like that, but we didn't posture like that. That was what I thought in the moment. I just assumed the worst. And then when I watched the full Diane Sawyer interview last night, mm-hmm. I, I finally got around to watching yesterday. it. Um, you know, he, he talks about that. She brings it up. And, and by the way, in the interview, at one point she references as a result of all of these surgeries that he's had, and it sounds like a bunch of stuff's gone wrong with his mouth. It's impacted the sound of his voice mm-hmm. and his speech. Uh, he's continuing to get better. But first of all, in the interview... By and large, he sounded really great and and looked great. He had color. Like, he looked gray at the... If you go back... I went back and watched the last night, the Friends reunion. He looked gray. Now, he said one of the reasons he had that killer tan in this Diane Sawyer interview is because he's been playing so much pickleball. He said that's been Mm -hmm. Mm hard-earned. But I thought he looked good, and I thought he um, sounded good. And then he brought that up and said, I had an emergency dental surgery. Very generic Yes. In in explaining. But he said it was like two days before, so I had two choices. One was to bail on the thing last minute, Mm -hmm. and the other was to just try to power through. And he did that and then just sort of took the brunt of everyone's criticism. Um, And as I heard him last night, I just thought he – it was nice to hear from Matthew Perry at length. He just seemed warm, very aware, like Mm -hmm. some – folks in recovery really can they are beautiful examples of honesty about yourself mm-hmm. and what you can overcome and a, a an a, an open-eyed understanding of your own frailty mm-hmm. um, and, and very often someone recovering has a more honest view of themselves than folks who are not in recovery right. have because they've just been willing to say oh forget it i'm broken and i and i need help right you know so i, I thought i thought it was great i i i thought he looked a little rough if i'm being honest um but considering everything he's been through it's not surprising um and my biggest takeaway is he seems like a very nice person yes mm-hmm. he right. just seems very very polite and kind and you know is able to look at himself and like now he said. has a purpose to help people right because he's right. been so lost right for so long yeah. and feeling empty and lonely and yeah gosh yeah and my other takeaway was nice house oh yeah yeah it's a nice house <laughs> they did uh, mention yeah. the story i've told you guys about him having to on serving sarah that movie 
that yeah. I worked on the set on in Texas. Right, yeah, right. They had to shut down production. I'm like, oh, yes. they're talking about the thing. I yeah. The, yes. Yes, where he was partying all night and he wouldn't show up to the set. Right. And yeah. Part right. of the art department, you know, just like a PA art department person. Yeah. Cool. And yeah, he just wouldn't show up until like 4 p.m. And mm. the crew, he was partying with some of them and like playing video games all night and just up on, you know, and they're like, Ooh. yeah, but you got to show up, man. And then they had to refilm in L.A. Oh, and dub his voice. Dub his yes. voice. Yes, yes. That's right. So just shut down production. People lost their jobs. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm sure he's really feeling all the feels about all those mistakes. I'm getting the book today. Oh, you Ooh, are? I'm going to get it, too. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. okay. It's coming in the mail. All right. Steve, we'll swap, okay? You give me Kelly's, I'll give, I'll you, give you Matthew's. Ripa, you give me Matthew? Okay, okay perfect. That sounds good. All right, we got to go. Oh, my gosh, you guys. If you see something, you really ought to say something. Steve, I know you got a couple of things, but I got to tell you what a couple did with their dead dog. <laughs> well, wait until I tell you the movie that we watched that had a real... Sharp left turn right what? out of the gates. The whole room went, <gasps> and it's kind of related to what you're talking about. We'll tell you about all that. See something, say something is next on my talk. Good morning. Happy Tuesday. Welcome back. It's Donna and Steve on my talk 1071. Everything entertainment. Stevie B. Did I say that was brought to you by Rebath Minneapolis? I, it was literally um, like 10 seconds ago, and I don't remember, but I that's what it was brought to us so. by. Okay. Hey, say it again. There say it go. loud yeah. and say it again. Yeah, I love them. Yeah. This is your voice. It's the year of the woman. Don't hold back. Don't oh, forget. Yes, we only have a couple months left, I guess. Yeah, and then 2023, guys. You're the man. It's guy time again. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're the man. Oh, oh boy. boy. Right. What are you going to do? I don't know. Hey, if you see something, okay. say something. Oh, that is catchy, huh? <laughs> Still the year of the woman. Shut up. <laughs> if you see something, say something with Donna and Steve. If you see something, say something. Come on and party tonight. Nice. Thank you. We're uh, we're on till noon, guys. So sometimes we got to stretch it out, and we'll do it any way we can. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Can I start because it's going to go into what you have to say? You bet you can. The kids had trick or treated. We're all back together. So guys, I want to throw in a little Halloween thing here, and we watched a little. Short on Disney Plus. It was the uh, it was like a Ducktail short from like 1952, like the Three Little Ducks way back, way back. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is fun, little ten minute short. We're going through looking at other things, and then uh, Grayson, my son, who uh, was unable to trick or treat last night because he was feeling so down. Um, he was like, can we watch Frank and Weenie? And I was like, all right, he gets to say he had a bummer of a night. Put on Frank and Weenie. This was the the 19... I think they've redone it, perhaps. This is like the 1984 black and white 30-minute short film. And um, I knew that it had to do with some sort of like a Frankenstein dog thing. <laughs> but what I did not know was it would start with, oh, Sparky is our favorite dog. Everybody loves Sparky. Sparky, let's go outside, throw the ball to Sparky. He gets it, brings it back, roll it to Sparky again. He gets it, brings it back, roll it one more time. He goes a little bit further, gets it, bring it back. Roll it again. It goes out of this yard that is has an opaque fence. It's surrounded by hedges, okay? So you can't see what's out there. Rolls it, it goes into the road. Oh, no, Sparky. Yeah. The next thing you see is, Sparky! And then the ball rolls, 
And then I'm not kidding you. Smash cut to a cemetery. Here lies Sparky. And then Walt Disney Pictures presents. The music swells. The text comes up. The whole room went, like, whoa. (laughs) We get it. Disney likes to, uh, their cheap trick in almost every animated movie is how do we raise the emotional stakes? Let's kill the parents. All the time. Yeah, All the time. Yeah, yes, it's yes. such a cheap trick to raise the stakes, but they do it. But golly, they did it with the dog, too. This sucker got run over by a car within three minutes into the movie. And uh, and then by the end of it, spoiler, has come back to life like twice and saves a kid from a house fire. How did Grayson feel about this? You know, we were all a bit taken aback when my <laughs> wife came into the room. They were like, Mom, that do- this movie just started. That dog got hit by a car and he's dead. <laughs> and at like one other point during the movie, when things were going weird, Lou said, what are we watching? Like, what is- We could have done Toy Story of Terror, The Haunted Mansion with the Muppets. <laughs> we oh chose Frank and we were a dog. There's another one. Winona Ryder, I think, is in it. She does a voice. There's a longer, like, color version. That's that came out more recently, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, in the 2000s, I don't. Oh, boy. Okay. Anyway, so that well, was that. Um, maybe Sparky's people will like this idea. Is Okay, I just can't decide if this is like something a psychopath would do or what. But there's a family. I can't even look at the picture. Again. Maybe it's loving. Oh, I'm going to look at the picture. Maybe oh, it's loving. Oh, Steve. I looked at it once and I went, mmm. I... Oh, I... Oh. oh, so here's the story. Mm. A family in Australia, Rise Up Lights, Rise Up <laughs> recently lost their dog, a golden retriever that lived a long and happy life. Mm. And instead of burying him or having him cremated, they had him turned into a rug. I'm okay think, with this. Think bearskin rug. Yes. No, yeah. the head is still on it. The claw. Uh, what? You could have taken the head off. The head is flat, just to be clear, because a lot of bearskin, well, yeah, have the have head, the, head, you know, the big, yeah, yeah, skull. Yeah, yeah. This yeah, is this a flat is sort of head. It looks flattened. like it's been run over. Guys, th- <sighs> no. Frank and Weenie. There's mm-hmm. a taxidermy place, I guess, near Melbourne, where they Melbourne. posted a video of the finished product. And they said the family wanted him preserved as a pelt. And he was finally ready to head home. And, I mean, it's like ha- almost like having the dog there with you. I mean, his yeah. fur is still soft and you can still pet it. But No, it's every also part of this dog is flat. Yeah, like they were just touching his head and then his paw. It's all... It is all flattened. It's like build a bear before you put the stuffing in. <laughs> so I get it. First of all, this feels like a particularly Australian thing to do. Like, this would be more kosher, you know, in Australia. Like, they call it a pelt and everything, you know, rise of lights. It just feels like, okay, maybe Aussies could handle this. I think I'm with it because I am pro-taxidermying. The fact that there are not more stuffed dogs near fireplaces (laughs) is crazy to me. What? Because then you could have your dog there stuffed fully professionally taxidermied near your fireplace in the den and it's always like oh you know we miss you bugsy but you see bugsy you can pet bugsy i think that that would be a beautiful thing but it's so rare if not frowned upon okay i no i to have something lying there that you had an emotional connection to 
the, part of what the about, emotional connection. Too it, soon, Steve. Yes, yeah, Steve. You, thank well, you. Well, I know. I understand the timing of all. Of, we're doing just a, de- a dog death whole segment here. <laughs> but you know, if you could rub your run your your bare feet over the dog's fur. It kind of looks like the dog is sleeping in this picture. Yeah, you could taxidermy does. them so that they're sleeping, so that they're laying down. I wanted to do this with, with my um, fat black pug, Boo, who died due to complications of morbid obesity. I, there, she would <laughs> sling her little fat pug leg out, just like a little kickstand because of how lacking in balance she was. That would have been a great way for her to be immortalized. All right. Well, you do you. All right. I think it's creepy. That's fair. It's a little worrisome. That's all. Don, we appreciate you, thank and we thank you. you for your service on this show. Happy Halloween. Celebrate all month long. DJ Great. Rock Lobster uh, is coming next with a dirt alert.